today on The Breakdown. Sometimes big pots happen because of coolers, but sometimes they happen just because someone goes a little bit crazy. And let me tell you, someone's going to go a little bit crazy in this hand between Antonio Esfandiari and Rob Young from Poker Night in America. We're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Yeah, this is a, a pretty big game. Uh, Pokemon yeah. in America doesn't always have huge games, but this time 100, 100 200, and there's some sort of un- indiscernible ante that is like seems strange. <laughs> pretty sure it's fifty dollars. Somehow there's there's seven players at the table, and somehow there is six hundred dollars in the pot preflop. Maybe someone was sitting out. Oh, that must be what happened. Must be right. Yeah, it's fifty dollars ante. Somebody's yeah. sitting out. That okay. has to be what's going on here. Why we put that together on on the air. You know, that's part of the process, man. That's yeah. why the people love the breakdown, because they get to hear the, the soup get made. That's right. You want, always want to see the soup getting made. That's yeah. that's what drives viewership and traffic. You don't want to see, like, those canned soups. If you saw them get made, you might not be so happy. No, but this kind of soup, you want to be present for. It's good for. soup. <laughs> it's nice, warm soup. Yeah. Fall day. Um, so Fall day. You might you might have heard Antonio Sfondiari. Cool. Rob Young. Who the hell is that? Huh? What? Well, he's he's one of the rich amateurs, I suppose. I don't think he's a pro. No, he can't be Doesn't a pro. Doesn't feel very pro-like. We're pretty sure he's not a pro. Um, he did something pretty cool, though. He created an online poker site where... What are the details of it? It's called Dusk Till Dawn. I think it's uh, UK. I don't know if it's... Uh, UK-only poker site? I'm not sure if it's UK-only or not, but it's definitely not available in the US. One of the things he decided to do was uh, you can't have online player handles, so you have to have your actual name in a photo up there so that way you actually know who you're playing against which is cool. really different than anybody else has ever done i think right so rob young's doing stuff in poker and uh he's gonna do something in this poker hand that's a little weird yes i'd say yes this is gonna be an inflated pot not because it had to be not because there was no avoiding these two trains colliding this is like i'm driving my train directly into the other train and we're gonna see what happens you know yeah. This train this train is not on it's like, rails, uh, baby. It's like Fast 7. Have you seen Fast 7? Of course I have not seen Fast 7. Well, I have. Right. I have. That's the one with Jason Statham, I think. I don't know what... Don't they I, all have Jason Statham I, now? I haven't seen Fast 8 yet. <laughs> is it the one with The Rock? Is the one yeah. with Gal Gadot? I mean, come on. Okay, well, anyway, to my point, <laughs> in that there are multiple scenes where The Rock and Jason Statham, or maybe it's Vin Diesel and Jason Statham, I don't remember, one of those big guys in Jason Statham, just decide to line their cars up facing each other and drive headfirst into each other as like a contest of manlyhood or something. And do they crash? Yeah. yeah. What? And then they like jump out and hit each other with tire irons and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of the Rob Young philosophy of poker, I think, mm. um, is what it seems like. I mean, based on one hand. Based on one hand. But sure, why not? Well, I mean, we're going to get into the hand, and you guys are going to be able to decide for yourself. We have the sample size we have, okay? We have the sample That's right. size we have. Are we supposed to ignore the data? I don't think we should. I mean, based on this one one hand only, I would play a very particular way against Rob Young. I'll say yeah. that. And it might be the way Antonio played. Close your eyes and hang on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was suggested by Max Sawyer and Ben Jones Groves, two longtime suggestors. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate uh, that. They did it, of course, on the Twitters. Yeah. We are at two poker guys. Number two poker guys. Include a YouTube link. Include a timestamp. Both of them did that because they're not morons. <laughs> 
Yes, that's what I was going to say. I love it when we get suggested like a six hour live stream episode. And they're like, hey, check out this hand. It's like, oh, it's the beginning. And Gu- there's. Guess who's never going to look for it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be us. Although sometimes I think what happens is they um, they actually do timestamp it correctly, but Twitter does not capture it. Ah. I think that does happen sometimes because mm. I'll have lots of people, I'll ask them sometimes on Twitter, I'll say, you know, we need a timestamp. And people say, I did it, but here it is again. Oh, so, so Twitter is the morons. I'm going to blame Twitter. I mean, come on. Who came up with the idea for Twitter? In some ways, it's wonderful. In other ways, how much money has been sunk into Twitter and how much money has Twitter made? The answer is a lot and a little. It's not a good thing if you're a shareholder of Twitter, which I'm not because I'm not an idiot. You sound like a shareholder. I feel upset for the people who are shareholders because they're never seeing that money. (laughs) That money's gone (laughs) forever, guys. (laughs) How is it supposed to make money? I don't know. There's no way it makes money. Anyway, you can't make money. If you're a shareholder of Bitcoin, that's a bit of a different story. Yes, and indeed. a place that you can play poker with Bitcoin is Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, which is where the poker guys play. Yeah, of course, there are no shareholders of Bitcoin, no. but you can be a holder of Bitcoin. That's I mean, close enough. I, yeah, I was going for a little thing. I know no, it wasn't I know. perfect. I was just cl- I was cleaning it up for our audience. That's yeah, all. Because they, they can be picky. Thanks for making me look like the dummy. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's really great. I, you know, we're two poker guys. Anyway, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room hosts poker guys only free rolls, tournaments, sit and goes, cooking up new stuff all the time. You have to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or else you will not have access to that. You won't even be able to see them. Yeah, you, for, As far as you're concerned, we will not exist. We will be like ghosts and yet we will exist like ghosts. Kind of like Kaiser Soze if Kaiser Soze was a ghost but also not a ghost. I don't think Kaiser Soze was real anyway. No. Right? It was a whole thing which is a story Stephen, made up by Kevin Spacey. No, Stephen Baldwin is Kaiser Soze. Anything could be. Kevin, Kaiser Soze could not exist and none of that story could be real. All we know is Kevin Spacey was lying to the guy. We don't know anything else. We know Kevin Spacey doesn't limp. We know he walks to a Jaguar with a guy from a fever dream in it. Right. That's that's all we got. By the way, spoilers. Yeah. From a movie from 1995. (laughs) Whatever, man. It's quite the twist ending. I'm just saying. Anyway, how do we get into this? Oh, Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, (laughs) which is, in fact, a Bitcoin-only poker site, which means it moves at the speed of Bitcoin. Not all sites that accept Bitcoin, maybe none other. I'm not really sure. I don't think anyone else does uh, this. Actually moves at the speed of Bitcoin. And by that, I mean if you deposit or withdraw from Nitrogen, both deposits and withdrawals, it moves as fast as Bitcoin moves, which is 5 to 20 minutes or so. Right. you got to use the link in the description, though, to be able to sign up and get access to all the cool extra stuff that you would not otherwise get. When you sign up for Nitrogen Sports Poker. That's correct. Yes. You can also do a lot of sports betting on there, yep, other casino, casino games. Whatever you want. So it's, it's a play land. I bet, on a, I bet on a football game this weekend, and I got the big W, baby. Bring it on. Did you withdraw that Bitcoin? I, I haven't yet because I'm probably going to bet on more stuff. Oh. But, um, but, you know, I have the option to. Obviously. And I love that. Yes. Anyway. Yes. The other thing that's nice about it is you win, and then you leave it in for a few days, and Bitcoin goes up, and it's like you made all this money. You didn't even do anything. Yeah, let's not talk about the converse of that. Anyway, so, yeah, okay, good point. Uh, <laughs> it does go both ways. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into the hand here. Okay. So, again, it's a 100-200 no-limit cash game. They are seven-handed. Still a relatively loose open from Antonio under the gun. He's got ace-five of hearts. Perhaps they're six-handed. And uh, perhaps they're six-handed. Less, and then it's a little less uh, loose. It's yep. Especially with this lineup, where the only person he really has to worry about is Sam Trickett on his immediate left. This is a spot where Sam Trickett's going to give Antonio the most credit He's going to give Antonio, yeah. probably. So, Centric is the most apt to fold, I would say, of any spot we could open from. Interestingly enough, if in this lineup where it seems like it's just a bunch of whales, then Antonio and Trickett, right? Yeah. So, with Trickett directly on your left, you might be opening a lot wider under the gun 
than yes. other positions even. Right. Because then you're playing against the whales instead of Sam Trickett. That's the least likely time to play against Sam Trickett. Right. Opening in the cutoff has got to be really tough where you want to play a lot of we want to play wide there normally, but Sam Trickett is going to go out of his way, I would guess, to punish you a little bit. Yeah. Unless Sam's just deciding, I'm not going to play hands against Antonio. But why would he do that? He's going to have position on you. Right. And he's going to know you're opening wide a lot. And I, I would expect Sam Trickett's not the type of guy who's going to back down very often. So that's interesting. You can find reasons to open wider under the gun than other positions. Yeah. And not the BS 2010 reason of under the gun's the new button, which right. was a meaningless thing to say, by the way. It means nothing. I mean, it meant a little something. Right? It meant people are less likely to play back at you. I mean, this is a good new place to steal from. That's all they meant. Right? But it's not true. I mean, it's not true a lot of the time. How about that? But in this case, like, there's something to it, right? Where, yes, yeah, Sam, you can maybe play as you could maybe play your cutoff opening range or close to it under the gun, right? And play a tighter than normal cutoff opening range in the cutoff, which is weird, right? But maybe it would work. But the point is not to steal; it's to to play yeah. against the fish instead of Sam. Trigger. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You won't because they're gonna give it away comparatively. So Antonio opens to seven hundred dollars, which is pretty normal for yeah, sure. a cash game. Uh, it folds to Rob Young, aforementioned Rob Young, on the button. Oh, he's the uh, the owner of the uh, Dust of Dawn uh, yeah. Casino Club. That guy. Yeah, online. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Rob Young. He's got King of Spades, Seven of Hearts. And, um, well, I'm going to tell you the truth. He calls. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about lying, huh? Yeah, he's going to try to try to lie and make it sound better. And no, there's no making it sound better. It's just bad. He just flats on the button. With, with King, King Seven off against an under the gun opener. Why does he do that, Grant? Because he's bad. Okay, but why else does he do it? He has the button. That's a good reason. He Any wants, other reasons? He wants to play against Antonio. He wants to play. Period is my guess. Yeah. Probably not even so much. But maybe he wants to beat Antonio out of a pot, and playing on the button is a better time to do that. However, we could pick way better spots in this, or three bet this hand. That's okay too. This, this is clearly the worst of all options. This play enough. This play alone is enough for me to say Rob Young is not a pro. Oh, yeah. This, agree. this alone. I agree. Like, you're pretty much never going to see anybody who's a legit winning good pro. You might have seen Gus Hansen do it in 2009, but a caveat was winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> you're just never going to see this ever. I mean, there's no excuse for this. That's it. There's nothing to say, right? But I mean, it happens. How maybe is there is there a stack depth we could ever get to where it's worth doing? Where at two thousand blinds deep, Rob Young calls on the button. Not that they are this deep. Maybe if it's not Antonio Esfandiari. Yeah. Maybe if it's a complete blow up whale who's like oh, yeah. willing to go a guy well, who's gonna triple barrel all the time. Even you know? so, King Seven is just such a bad hand to yeah. do it with. Like can Off-suit. we be suited? If right. it was suited, I would be killing the play, too. Can we make straights and or flushes with it, at least? Can we, like, we hit a seven. We don't have, we, we have an okay kicker. We hit a king. We have terrible reverse implied odds. It's just a bad spot. All right, we should never play this What's hand. the worst king we're supposed to be calling with here? King nine suited? Sure. Maybe if we're deep enough, you could call with other suited kings, I guess. But I don't like doing that. No. Uh, I think king nine suited is probably right. Yeah. Well, this is a, just a terrible mistake. Yeah, I mean, if we have king ten off, you could totally talk me into it. Like, yeah. sure, why not? Fine. We're six-handed. You're on the button. Fine. King seven off, though. Different story. Terrible idea. You, you might get punished. You might not, though. Let's see if you can make this work, Rob Young. All right. So the blinds fold, and we're heading to the flop. It is $2,000 in the pot. And uh, Esfandiri's got ace-five of hearts. Rob Young has king of spades, seven of hearts for some reason. Just to be clear, this is a cash game, too. I think we've been, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious, but just to be 100% clear, this is all actual money, not yeah. tournament betting units. Cash game. Yeah. yeah, I think I said that, but I think so too. good to be clear. So the pot's 2000 
flop is 10 of hearts, 10 of clubs, 5 of diamonds. Okay. Antonio flops the 5 with top kicker. Young flops nothing. Antonio also has the backdoor nut flush draw. Yep. So Antonio does something interesting here, and I got to believe this is opponent dependent. It has to be. He bets pot. I mean... He bets 2K into 2K with ace-5 on a 10-10-5 board. <laughs> you're not really supposed to be able to get value doing that. This is what we normally would call a game theory disaster. Yeah, you're right? going to get called by pocket sixes. I mean, you're going to get called by pocket fours also, I guess, if you're going to get called by pocket sixes, right? Because you'd never yeah. think someone is betting a five like this. True. Okay, so it's not a complete game theory disaster. It's clo- but, it, but it more or less is in terms of the overall range of hands that are calling and folding. It's close to a game theory like disaster. Like ace-highs are going to fold, whereas they yeah. might call a normal size. Yes. Right. Pocket sixes are just not going to be able to fold. King queen, slot. king queen with the backdoor flush draw is going to fold where it might call a normal size. Right. Yeah. Right. Why not just bet a normal amount? Why is Antonio betting so much? Well, there seems to be a pretty good reason. Yeah. He he thinks Rob Young is going to at least call a lot of the time with anything he has, and Antonio rates to have the best hand because apparently Young's range is infinite. It could yes. be any two cards. Antonio must also believe, yeah, Rob's going to call a lot here, or maybe even make plays at him. And then Antonio says. While Young is thinking about what to do, yeah, 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 I know what's happening. You're gonna call, rep it later. I yeah. understand. I've, 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 you know, I've been. This is not my first rodeo, basically, yeah. which is pretty awesome that he says that. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. And the commentator, I guess it's Doug Polk is doing the commentary. Yes. He says that Antonio is trying to induce a call. But honestly, when Antonio says all that, I feel like it sounds like he's trying to induce a fold. Like if I didn't know any better, I'd be like, Antonio right. doesn't want me to call here. Yeah. Like Antonio is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really have it. I know you don't have it, so don't make a play. Well, that all that all adds up to me because although Young might be a spewy amateur, he's going to put you in tough spots sometimes, and mm. Antonio might not want to be in those tough spots with a hand that rarely improves on the turn. Right. So, so he's so, saying, I see through your games. Just throw it away. Let's yeah. move on. It's fine. That doesn't happen. No. And Rob Young doesn't call either. Again, he has king seven offsuit on a 10 10 5 board. I mean, God bless him. He shouldn't be calling, probably. Although, I mean, you know, calling you is could, fine. You could justify calling here because then you could be repping a 10, yeah. still playing a 10, or, or two sevens or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you I can guess. definitely You're call right. here. You're right. Calling's fine. He decides he wants to win right now. That's okay, too. Yeah. Um, against Antonio's under the gun range for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Antonio doesn't have. A huge amount of tens. Turns out he has got more than we would guess because no. he has ace five. But. Le- but maybe Rob Young is just completely unaware of his reputation. But Antonio is probably not going to be folding any type of showdownable value at this point. Well, not at this point. But you know, we could make his life hard later by raising now. Well, you do say you like what Young says before he decides to raise. Yes, I do. Um, with his king high, he says, "I'm just going to find out where I am." Man, I love that. And then he raises to seven thousand. That is what people who have it say. All right, explain a little bit. Well, what he's doing when he says that is weakening his range, right? I'm just going to find out where I am is usually not something someone with trip tens would say. Of course, it actually is what they would say, right? But in theory, like if we were just thinking about it, why would you say that? Because it makes it sound like you don't have a very good hand. Now, in practice, what happens is when you have a good hand and you talk and you're trying to get someone to call, you weaken your range. So he's making it sound like... I've got a five. I, I don't have a huge hand. The only reason I, he's giving it a reason for his raise, which is not yeah. I have a big hand. Right. Right. So that actually generally leads me to believe he'd be strong here. Yeah, this is pretty good table talk. If Antonio is going to believe that Young is a stone amateur who would be right. at level one table talk, because I've definitely he- heard a lot of level one table talk just like this, and it is always super strength. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that would make me want to fold almost right away as Antonio, personally. Right. But there might like, be some oh, history. There might be some history going on there here. There definitely is history between these. Antonio guys. is definitely a guy who takes into account verbal tells and stuff like that. Oh also. yeah. So he might be leveling Young correctly at the same time. He might know where Young is and what Young's trying to do with that type of stuff. I mean, as they're doing all this, when Antonio gives that speech about it's not my first rodeo, Young actually says, "You know what? I'm finally beginning to like you. I didn't yeah. like you at first, but I like you now." And it, it implies that they played together before, not just like right now he's starting to like right. you. Right. 
And so, to me, I, I think Antonio's probably seen... They talk a lot, I have a feeling. He's seen Rob Young talk a lot. So he knows that when Young says this, it actually doesn't have to be strength, is my guess. Right. And uh, Antonio calls. Yeah. Which... The table talk would be the only reason to fold if yes. Young has a reputation as a crazy person. Of course. Right, because we do have not we don't really have the top of our range or even near it, but we have a hand we can't consider folding against a guy like this. Right. With the 10 10 5, we have ace 5. Right. So Antonio does call. So that seems like the right decision. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of tricky decisions for Antonio in the future though cuz he's just going to have to hold on a lot. This decision is an well, inflection point. There's a lot of there's so many bad cards on the turn that's going to make life hard. A queen, a jack, a king, a nine, an eight, a seven, a six. Those are all like bad cards for us. And we, if he, either he's got us or those cards improve him a lot, you yeah. know, and we're just not going to know. And the thing is, it's going to be hard for Rob Young to make a lot of big bets if he improves, if he doesn't have trips, right? Yeah. So that's the good news for us. Like if a seven comes and he bets big again, he's not repping a seven. He's repping. Seven's full, or he's repping a 10 only. Like, if Rob Young checks back the river, Antonio is going to say, crap, I lose. Right, if there's, like, a queen on the yeah. board and he bets the turn or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so Antonio does call. Pot is now $16,000. Yep. The turn gives Antonio a full house. It's five of spades. It's now 10, 10, 5, 5. Interesting card for Antonio. Yeah, I mean, he's not beating what Young is repping still. But he's beating the, I'm just going to find out where I am part of the range, the two sevens part yeah, of the, the range. Yeah, the two sevens, two he's eights. He's zoomed ahead of those things. He's, he's zoomed ahead of those. He now doesn't have to worry about the random whatever card Rob Young has hitting and ruining Antonio's equity. Exactly. That's so, really nice. Unless, Anto- unless Rob Young has exactly a pocket pair and he makes a full house on the river. Yeah. But fair but enough. If he has king seven, we don't have to worry about a king hitting anymore. By the way, even if he makes a full house on the river, if we decide to value bet the river, he still can't raise unless he has the top full house, right? He's not going to yeah. raise with 10-10 on there. No. He's got to ha- maybe a jack comes in. I don't even know how he has two jacks. He almost certainly would have three bet Antonio based on the fact that he called with king seven off. Yep. Just saying. So Antonio decides to check. Do you think that's the correct decision? I think it's the only decision. All right. Why? Well, I mean, Rob Young is repping trip tens or better. Yeah. If we bet, we're going to fold out all the bluffs, and we're certainly never going to fold out top full house. And when Rob Young was seeing where he was at with a five, we're chopping with that anyway. What's the point? We're not trying to get him off a chop. We're Maybe trying to we get can value. light the powder keg of Rob Young, and he's going to raise and we hold on. That would have to be the plan. That sounds like a dangerous plan. Yes, <laughs> when, That's why I called it a powder keg. Yeah, that is. that is. I don't know if Rob Young is going to raise the turn, and then bet monstrously on the river without top full house. I just don't know. And uh, if he is going to do that a huge amount of the time, then we could do it. But otherwise, checking is, sounds pretty good to me. We could induce. It's definitely standard to check here. I like checking. What do you think? I like checking, too. Okay. Yang decides to check back. So it's like he's given up. He's like, well, never mind. I've got king high, and I'm giving up. That's possible. Because the five often, maybe not often, but sometimes hits Antonio, and it's going to make it harder to get Antonio to fold. There's that. I mean, the other side of it is, like, if Rob Young was, quote, actually finding out where he was, end quote, and he had a five in his hand, he now thinks, well, Antonio's two jacks can't beat anything that I'm supposed to have, right? Like, yeah. If I bet again. Right. I actually kind of, I would expect Rob Young to bet here and not give up. It seems like a bad time to give up to me. I feel like you can check and rep a 10 here. I mean, you can, but wouldn't you bet a 10 most of the time? I don't know. Would you? You're just afraid you're going to fold out. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm going to fold pairs. everything out. Except maybe a five. But on the river, I mean, you think we're going to get a lot of action if we if we check here and then bet the river? I mean, it's... It's possible? It's possible. I don't know. I mean, it depends on what a rep really is. I guess Rob... I would guess Rob Young's rep is crazy enough that he could bet the turn. But 
people do this. People like they're like, I effectively have the nuts, and I don't want to scare the guy if I check. Yeah, right. That could happen. Yeah, I mean, if Antonio has ace high, which he could have here, yeah, potentially, he might decide to fold the turn, but he might decide to hero the river. Yeah, that's right. So maybe that's what you could do with a ten. I mean, I'll say this: Rob Young needs to think about how have I played this in this spot before when I've actually had it against Antonio and try and mimic that, right? Yeah. So whatever he does, he needs to keep doing. If he bets the turn for value, he should be betting the turn for value, at, you know, like a fair amount of the time. If he normally checks it back when he's got it, he shouldn't always be checking it back, but I understand sometimes they will. He should sometimes check it back. He should try and have the same ratio of checkbacks to bets. I'd be surprised if that's the case because he called with King 7 off briefly. Yeah, I don't think he <laughs> has all this deep analytical plan for yeah. everything. I think it's like... How do I best rep a 10 here? I think the best way to rep a 10 is to actually call the flop and raise later, not raise the flop and check the turn if you're trying to rep a 10 here, but whatevs. If you have a crazy rep, you should be raising the flop, though. If you do, that's right. That's right. And maybe he knows, like, oh, I always play my my big hands fast, so I got to play my bluffs fast, too. That's fine. Yeah. I just don't believe that he would do that. Because now what is he's actually saying, oh, I have a big hand on the flop, and on the turn, if he's going to bluff the river— then he slows down to bluff the river. It's just weird to go raise, check, bet. It's a weird line to take. It is. It's just maybe just because it's such a polarizing card on the turn. Like, yeah. It, betting polarizes you no matter what on the yeah. turn. He's a little bit polarized from his flop raise, but he did mm-hmm. try to do the speech to make it so he wasn't so polarized, that type of thing. Right. I don't know. I could see checking here with a 10. I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world because you hate to bet and just have the guy fold when you're like, ugh, it could have gotten so much more value. The other side of it, though, is if Antonio's going to hero, which he has been known to do, if you get two bets in, I mean, that is such a big river bet we can get in. Like exponentially, yeah. it probably is worth all the times he folds when he, when he decides not to hero. By the way, sometimes he has a five and he just really kind of is handcuffed to the hand. As he does now, he probably can't fold at least. The, but he might fold the river if we go bet bet. He might, but he might not. We're Rob Young. He probably can't. Based well, on the fact we have King Seven that's off. That's bad because we have King Seven off. Right. That's true. So if he has a five, we're saying if he has a yeah. five. But we shouldn't be targeting a five anyway. No, we expect we're targeting, we're targeting like two all, sevens. all the pocket pairs. Yeah, two eights. And a five is a great card to continue on in that case. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a weird story we're telling. I'll say this when Rob checks it back, Antonio's got to be thinking, phew, I'm good. Yeah, like, probably. I'm da- like, how often? Like, I'm almost always good here. Maybe not yeah, 100%. When the turn card comes, he's like, oh, that's a good card. I hope I don't have to pay too much money to see see the river and call again right like like, that could be a very expensive card for me right because now it's gonna be hard for me to fold for really it's gonna be really hard to fold against a crazy guy yeah really really hard like i'm probably not supposed to ever fold so that's either gonna make me a lot of money or lose lose me a lot of money but i'm probably not gonna fold depending on what kind of crazy things do or don't happen yeah for sure so we still have sixteen thousand in the pot. Ten ten five five board i think it's a full full on rainbow we got going on here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Um, Antonio's got ace five of hearts. Rob Young has king of spades seven of hearts for some reason. And <laughs> the river is the jack of hearts. Okay. So jack ten is the type of hand that either player could have here and have the super nuts now or close to the super nuts. Yeah. Jack jack being the more likely super nuts. Uh, I mean, well, less 10, likely. 10, five five. Those are all pretty good. But yeah. anyway. Uh, so Antonio checks. What do you think about him checking now? It's an interesting check, right? So it depends. This, this again, it's all, so, all this stuff is so opponent-dependent. So to me, I like the check against a guy who seems to be giving up on the turn. And we figure either he's got top full house or he's got a full house with tens full. And 
you know, we're going to have to pay him off probably. Like, yeah. I, don't th- I don't see us folding to a river bet now. No. Like, he bets 10000 What, 16K in the pot, right? If yeah. it's 12000 on the river, we're going to just, like, have to call. Of like, course. Um, he checked the turn. Like, congratulations. We we're going to call the turn anyway. Whatever. Um, if he has a five, we're going to chop. He's probably going to bet. We're going to call. We're going to chop it. If he has anything else, it's going to be hard to get action from him anyway if we bet. Like, I'd be afraid he's just going to fold because we called the raise on the flop, right? Yeah, we even, have something. Even if he backed into a jack, he might just fold the river if we bet. It's a really tough spot yeah. because what is Antonio supposed to have that he calls the raise and then bets the river? And Young probably has too many bluffs, so maybe let's let him do that. I think of the two, I think checking just has to be right, even though it sort of sucks as you're like, I just hope he doesn't check it back. And also, I hope he bets with nothing. Because yeah. I hope he doesn't bet with Top Full House, which he's always going to do, of course, if he has it. Of so. course. Yeah. So Antonio's going to win this hand, right? No problem. It seems like we're going to have to win this hand as Antonio. Well, Young's going to do his best to make that not happen. Okay. 16K in the pot. Young pull a gun on him? Sitting there with King High. Basically, damn hand, buddy. He basically does. Okay. He bets $50,000. Now we're talking. That's this, is a, what I'm, this is amazing. That's more than three times the pot. Yes, it is. It's It's like... Incredible! <laughs> it's like three hundred and fifteen percent of the pot. What does this What does this say to you? Because we've said on this podcast many times in the past that even the pros are unbalanced with their overbets on the river. Yes. They mostly have it. Yes. So that's a problem. I think we're supposed to slow the hell down right away as Antonio and like think about this. No more. No more call. snap call. It was a snap call for a normal size bet. I think even if you bet twenty k, we'd be like roll our eyes and call. But yeah, congratulations. Like, well, I can't. My hand's too good. Um, yeah, this is now problematic, at least. We have to really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, this is bad. Yeah. This is bad. He just bet 250 blinds. Yeah. Okay. But let's talk about why he's doing this, right? Okay. He's betting 250 blinds for one of a few reasons. To get massive value or to get us to fold. So let's look into the relative likelihood that either one of those things is happening, okay? So when he was bluffing on the flop, which... Seems possible. On the flop, it seems possible. He checks back the turn. It's still possible. He suddenly bets three times the, <laughs> the pot on the river when we check again. Okay. Getting us to fold makes sense. Likelihood that he's betting for value. We checked the river after, you know, like after. And then he, ch- it doesn't seem super likely that he's betting for value. I'm not saying he can't be. I'm not saying he can't have a 10 here. But oftentimes, he's either going to bet the turn to build the pot or he's going to bet less on the river to try and get some value. Well, ten. let's see if his story adds up with his table talk. Great. Because if you recall, before he raised on the flop, he said, I'm just going to find out where I am. Right. Which what usually is meant by that is I have a marginal hand. I just want to see where it is. But what's really meant in right. behind it is I have a huge hand. I hope you put me on a marginal hand. Right. right? So to be clear, like someone would say that, but they usually when they say it and they're being honest, they usually mean that after the hand's over, they're like, well, I was trying to see where I was yeah. at. And then they're not lying. Right. Versus this, which is, yeah, like, I'm weakening my range, so you'll call. Right. So if he's telling the truth, it's a, it doesn't add up. The story doesn't add up. Correct. Like, he would check back yeah. that hand. Right. Or he'd bet small. He would never bet three times the pot. If he is trying to do the thing where he's minimizing his range when he really has a 10, then it does add up, which is the more likely scenario. Yeah. As far as my experience with table talk. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a problem for Antonio. I mean, it doesn't add up, though, in a few ways. Number one, he checks the turn. Number two, when Antonio checks again on the river, Rob Young bets three times the pot. 
what is Antonio supposed to call us with? What's he supposed to have? We, as Rob Young, we have to believe Antonio is often going to bet a five, even though we talked about it. We don't think he really ever is. But we have to believe Antonio is betting his good hands. Well, this is the ultimate polarization of our hand, right? Yes. We don't have a five here anymore. No. Well, we have, no, we don't. No, we don't. We have a 10 or better. Yeah. So we are polarized to the extreme. Yeah. So we have a bluff or we have a really good hand. Yeah. So I think we can rep- we it's not a horrible representation of the really good hand. I think sometimes people will check back the turn and you were saying on the turn, the problem is that sometimes Antonio is going to go into hero mode and we miss out on value on that big bet on the river. This is a way to make up for it. Right, but it's but it's harder to get called when you go 3x the pot. Now, it turns out Antonio is a hand that can reasonably call us still. Yeah. But most of the other hands he can't because here's an is it pos- if you have a, if you're Antonio of two sevens, you might decide he can have a five because I didn't bet the river. I would almost certainly bet the river no. with top full house. No. No, you would never decide you can have a five. Why? On the river when he bets 50K into 16K. It's super polarized. He's trying to get, I mean, I don't know. You might decide it's possible. He's got a full house. It doesn't look like we have one. He's just trying to get massive value. Antonio could have a 10. I mean, sure he could have a 10. But it's not super likely when he doesn't bet the river. No, right? of course you check the river with a 10 against this guy. Against Are you kidding me? Of course you do. No, no, I understand against this guy that that's the case. But is Rob Young sophisticated enough to figure all this out and not bet a not You're bet taking the position that Rob Young would bet this size with a 5? I'm wondering if he would. I don't think so. I'm wondering. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with no on He's that. He's not supposed to. I think Antonio's here. I wouldn't. I think Antonio's going to hero with aces as frequently as he heroes with a 5. What is your point there, then? My point is that aces and a five are the same because Rob Young has a ten or nothing. Okay, but this means we can get we chop with the fives and we get value out of the aces when we bet. What's your pro? Why wouldn't we bet the five? Because Antonio also has ten sometimes. Very rarely. Why? I mean, don't you think he'd often bet the river with a ten? No, not against this guy. No, because because then Rob Young can have can have bottom full house. He can have five full of tens. It's unlikely. Although he's going to bet that on the river anyway. Yeah, probably not 50K, though. No, no, no. He's not going to bet 50K very often. All right, it's unlikely. It's an unlikely spot. I think it's all unlikely, though. It's unlikely if he has a 10 that he would decide to bet three times the pot. It's the most likely value hand he would do it with. Okay. A 10 or better. But I think bluffs are much more likely. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Okay. Okay. That's all. Yeah, but you were... No, that's not all. You were arguing that he could have a five. I was saying if you're Antonio with two sevens... You'd have to sit there and wonder, like, how wide is this guy's value range for real? But, you have to ask the question. Okay. You don't have to ask it when you're, when you're in this spot with Antonio. Now, the only thing we have to be worried about is a 10. That's, okay. That's better. But we can ask the question and quickly brush it off and say, okay, it's just Seems a 10. unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so, enough. All right. So, yeah, I think Antonio might hero a little bit less frequently with two sevens just because of a distribution thing. Although, I don't know if he cares about that distribution stuff. He might not. Well, the, the, I mean, we have to believe Rob Young is a rational human to... to Hero with two sevens, because we'd hate to hero with two sevens and have him like, you got me. And he has ace jack or something. <laughs> or two eights, yeah. whatever, something ridiculous, you know. And you're Yeah, like, that's that's actually a problem against amateurs. Sometimes you hero in a spot where they're never supposed to show up with like a medium strength hand. And they're like, you got me. I have middle pair. Yeah. You're like, oh, I have uh, king high. <laughs> yeah, I have also middle pair with the worst kicker. I've definitely done that before. Oh, yeah. We've all been there, man. Right. We've all been there. So... I guess the question now comes down to math, although I don't think Antonio falls into the mathy player category. I think he's more of the intuition player category. Of the two, sure. Yeah, if you're going to choose one, um, as far as pros are concerned especially. So you said you think Young is very bluff-heavy here. I agree. 
his line is feels very bluff. I agree, but how bluff heavy is he? Because this price is not a good price. I mean, what he's do we think he's got more bluffs than value? Yes. Then we can call. Period, I guess, right? I guess that's true, yeah. Always. You can always call if we think they have more bluffs than value, no matter what. Yeah. That's the really nice thing about poker. As long as it's you know, they have fifty one percent forget it, fifty percent bluffs. If there's anything in the pot, we can always call. Yeah, this is just an unusually bad price. 50K to win 66K. It is a unusually bad price. But it, maybe that points to something, too. Like, Antonio only has to be right, like, 40% of the time, and we think that's unusually bad. Yeah. Like, it sounds pretty good to me. You know, he can be wrong 60% of the time or so, 57% of the time, and it's a profitable play to throw the chips in, even when it's $50,000 and the guy three goes 3x on the pot on the river. You know? I mean, it's just outrageous how you don't have to be right that often when you call on the river. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times, I know this has happened to me for sure. I'm sure this is true for many people. You make big calls on the river and you're wrong. Um, and you kill yourself a little bit for it, you know? Right. Especially in a tournament, you kill yourself because yeah. it's like a one opportunity thing. Yeah. Whereas in a cash game, it's you have to make the right mathematical decision because it's a cash game. Right. Tournaments have other elements in play. They do. But if you're playing enough tournaments, you could go back to yeah. really, you're supposed to make the right mathematical decision there too if you're playing enough of them. Right. right. Although it gets tricky if you're playing like, the big one for one drop. You don't have that opportunity that no, very often. It's going to be different in that. And sure, there are certain spots in tournaments. There's inflection points where you that wouldn't be the case. We're near the bubble. We're near the final table bubble of the main event. There's places where it's going to matter more and less. You may decide it's not worth it, even though it's the right quote mathematical call. There's what we call event odds, which matter too, right? And like I'm gonna, I give myself a chance to get hurt badly in the event. Yeah, where it does matter. But you know, if it's level three of a tournament. I'm mostly just going to make the right mathematical call. We all have 150 blinds. I'm just going to try and do what's right and not worry about it for the most part, you know? Somebody at a poker table the other day asked me this question, and I've never been asked it this way before. I want to know what your answer is. All right. Of course, this would never happen in a million years. This is impossible. So far, I love it. Okay. It's the first hand of the main event. You have 300 blinds. Everybody has 300 blinds. Okay. Under the gun goes all in. Everybody else calls. You're in the big blind with aces. Call. Let's go. All right. We're going to lose a lot, but you know what? We're going to win a lot more than we lose. We're going to win like 35% of the time or something. I doubt it's that high. It is. Against eight hands? Yes. Really? Yes. No, considering, let's let's assume they all have either ace-king or a pocket pair. Well, we really hope they all have ace-king, don't we? Yeah, but be amazing. there's not enough ace-kings in the world. Of course not, but I'm saying if all the ace-kings are out, I mean, there's only two ace-kings left. Okay, but let's assume they all have pocket pairs. We don't have 35% then. Um, I don't know about that. That's an interesting question. Uh, I could run it while we talk if you want, but we could, you know what? Let's not run it while we no, talk. No, we don't need to run it. But, um, against a normal range of hands, they're not all going to have pocket pairs anyway. Um, but against a normal range, normal ranges, reasonable ranges and stuff like that, I think against the full table, aces have like 35% equity or something like that. I really, um, uh, I've run this before because it shocked me that it could be that high. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, and of course, then you have the biggest stack of all time on day one of the main event. It's pretty good. On hand number two of the main event. Yeah. I mean, you just can't throw away that level of equity as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it's, it's hand number, it's hand number one. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's a great a long, time to bust. It's a long way to the money. Yeah. It's also the greatest story of all time. You don't, you're going to, you're going to fold pocket aces when everyone's all in, in front of you. Of yeah. course you call. All right. New question. Bring it. Okay, so you're on the bubble of the main event. Okay, the stone, this is different. The stone bubble, there's yeah. like a thousand players left, so yeah. it's likely somebody's going to bust pretty soon. Sure. Um, you open aces under the gun, you have 50 blinds. Okay. Crazy guy ships 55 blinds plus one. Another guy 
calls has 60 blinds. What do you do? I think we have to call. You think you have to call? Yeah, we're three hand. If if the whole table went all in, then I might actually decide to find a fold, depending on my financial situation, right? Because either we can we can win the tournament by calling and winning, but if I if that twenty two grand or whatever, I guess now it's like sixteen grand, fifteen grand for the min cash is really important to me. You can just fold, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but what's I mean, it's not a good. It's not an amazing spot where we can have fifty blinds like guaranteed, locked up, going into the money. Fifty blinds is no. No pittance. You know what else ain't a pittance? 150 blinds. Yeah, that's true. 150 blinds means you are one of the chip leaders and you have a chance to win the tournament much right. more. Than, you win the tournament so more often. If you, if you have to do it. If there's a third guy who has you covered, do you consider folding? No. 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 Okay. I got aces, man. All right. This is what I dream of. I dream of these spots, and I know I lose sometimes. And I can't – personally for me, and I, I, I again come back to – Maybe you satellite it in on a $30 satellite sure. online, and you have you know $1,200 to your name. Yeah, that's a different spot. Then you probably shouldn't be opening aces in the first place on the stone bubble. Right. You probably shouldn't be looking at your hands. Yeah. But you know what? You could decide to open it in the situation as such. But like, I'm not in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would like that $15,000, but it doesn't change my life to win that $15,000. It does change my life to win the main event or final table it. Agreed. So I'm playing for that. Agreed. I completely agree with your analysis. I just wanted to find a way to fold aces. It's hard. It's really going to be hard to get me to fold aces pre-flop. And I know. that isn't a satellite type but of if spot. But if I had $1,200 to my name in the satellite thing, yeah. I, w- I would fold there. I agree. No, because that, that yeah. $15,000 really, really matters. You can't believe you're there. Honestly, you might not even be looking at your hands. You might yeah. just be auto-folding because what's the point? Right. Like, do you really want to get it all in with aces against one player where you're 80% to win? If that money matters that much to you, you probably don't. So yeah. why are we opening? Yeah, and of, of course that's suboptimal play. Just I just wanted to like find our find our way around it. Maybe what you do actually is if you're that guy, you just go all in with aces for fifty blinds. You're like, call me if you want, but yeah. like you could even you could even like cheat a little bit and say like, guys, just FYI, I have aces. I wouldn't call if I were you. Yeah, I'll show um, you afterward. I'm not messing around here. I'm not going to mention who it is. Yeah, um, but I do know of a player from this year at the main event who was living out of his car. Yeah, and. Uh, Living out of his car and played a lot of World Series events and did very well. Yes. Got second in a bracelet event and went really, really deep in the main event. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if his play changed as things went, you know, like he was doing so well at the beginning and like maybe he played tight to do that and then ended up loosening up later on when he felt more comfortable. I don't know. I mean, on another level, he was, I mean, he was put into those events clearly, right? So. Maybe he just feels like he plays his style and doesn't worry about it. I mean, there's also a reason why you're living out of your car in the first place, right? right. Which is like, you may not be great at managing money and thinking about future sure. events. So, I mean, I, I don't, not speaking for this guy in particular, right. I don't know what his situation was. But in general, that's going to be the case, right? If you're a poker player, especially. Yeah, like we've seen lots and lots of people who have no good, no good sense about like money management, bankroll management, life management, really. Right. right? And it's, it's, um, I mean, we have, a, we have a friend who plays around here. I won't say his name. Um, <laughs> and I, uh, every, like, every so often I have a little talk with him about, like, you've got to get your life together, man. And actually, I think he might be starting to. But, like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like, he's talented. He's a smart kid. And, you know, he, like, cannot keep money to save his life. And, and money management is a big problem for a lot of poker players. I don't yeah. know how we got here. Anyway, Antonio calls. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I felt like we were doing a completely separate podcast at this point. We're freewheeling, like, man. It's sometimes you get little special nuggets on the breakdown. It's you know, it's a theoretical poker podcast. Here we are. We're doing theory. It's yeah. Good. Anyway. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So so Antonio finds a call, and I and uh, just thinking about like money management, life management stuff. It actually does tie back to this. Okay. Good. Now, 
somehow, some way, Poker Night in America did not have stack sizes yeah. mentioned for this, which is crazy because on our show, Poker Time, which is, you know, it's a it's a fun game. It's a 5-5 game. Poker Night in America, much bigger show. Oh, yeah. I mean, they got Antonio and Sam Trickett on that yeah, show. Yeah, we, we have stack sizes. How do they not have stack sizes? I don't know. It's super weird. But let's assume they both have 300K in front of them. Yeah. Is there any way Antonio folds? Is can, is there any amount Young can bet to get Antonio to fold? Because the math is essentially the same beyond 50K. There's not really much of a difference. I mean, the, it does change, right? I yeah. mean, you can load, but it's always, you know, if you're 49%, you're allowed to call, right? No yeah. matter what. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if Rob Young goes all in for 300K, which is really your question, yeah. right? Like, Antonio's going to think a lot longer about it. I'm going to guess because Antonio is worth millions upon millions of dollars, he's still just going to throw the chip in. But now for me, let's say I'm in that game. That $300,000 is a huge amount of money to me. Yeah. And I'd be like, I can't afford to lose this money. Um, I might be getting, you know, beat here, but like right now I've only put, you know, $8,000 in this pot. Yeah. And I can't afford to lose 300 k with bottom full house. I just can't do it. So I just can't call, you know? And, like, that's why I shouldn't be playing in that game. That's why I don't play in that game because your money situation should not influence your decisions. So you got to put yourself in spots where it won't. Right, of course. Because, like, similarly, like, I, my friend Matt Matros, triple bracelet winner. Oh, Matt dear. Matros, as we like to bring him up. I remember talking to him in the, uh, about the one drop, the first year the one drop happened. We were talking about playing on the bubble. And actually, we were talking about, like, would you fold pocket aces if you opened and someone moved in on you and had you covered on the bubble? He's like, absolutely, I would. I was like, really? He's like, 100% easiest fold in the world. Like, of course I would fold, if he, assuming he's like deep enough where he doesn't need to double up to yeah. make the money. He's like, it's a million-dollar bubble. Of course I would fold. Like, because to him, a million dollars is a lot of money. Now, some of these guys, it's not. Well, right? and it wouldn't be to him either because he would be backed. You know, okay, but, fair so enough. If, but, but, but we were he, assuming. If he really bought in. We were assuming, yeah. Like, he actually did it himself and all that. And it's a, it's a true million-dollar bubble for him. And a million dollars is a lot of money to him. It isn't maybe to Antonio. I think it is to most it, of these I guys. mean, it probably is. It probably is. Uh, maybe Phil Ivey. I don't know. There's there's some guys. Haralabob. Fine. Haralabob can afford it. Yeah. Um, but, like, like Haralabob would not fold aces there. Matt Matros, at least back then, would. And maybe maybe he would maybe it'd be different now. But it's sort of – but that's – that's the line, right? It's like where the money, and that's why he doesn't play in the event. Also, you know, and that's that's the question. Other reasons to it, yeah, of course. But that's the question that Rob Young is asking right now, kind of when he when he bets fifty k and sixteen k in the river. He's like, does this money matter to you? I get like, I know the story is not perfect. I know I'm really bluff heavy, but does the money matter to you? I mean, I think that's part of it. The other thing he's asking is uh, or saying is like. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I don't have a big hand. I'm going to I'm going to make a strong I'm going to plant a flag here and you have to make a tough decision. Yeah. So that's on you, buddy. I I have the easy decision, you got the tough one. And I'm not going to bet $12,000 that you call with your two nines, which I appreciate that. Like Antonio has to really strongly consider folding a lot of the pocket pairs when when 50k is bet on the river, right? Yeah. Cuz Rob I mean, even though in a lot of ways, like you were saying, it's kind of the same thing as having a five. Yeah. Although I, as Antonio, would sit there and like, is it possible he's betting a five sometimes? Is it possible? That could get in your head, I I'd guess. be worried about that. Yeah. And then maybe you'd like, well, I can't beat that either. I don't know. Also, we block quad fives now, you know, which is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's only one combo, but still, it's the kind of thing where he might have raised the flop. And so it's the 50K hand range. like. Yes, where, right. Because that's supposed to be a pretty small range where you're betting 50K. But again, you just expect them to usually bet for value on the turn to build the pot. I mean, that's what people usually, and not I, always, but usually. And Antonio do. actually calls pretty quickly. I, yeah, mean, I know does. we had a long discussion before mentioning that he called, but 
It, it took less than a minute, I think, before now, he called. He calls in an interesting way. He throws two 25K chips to Rob Young. Yeah. Like, they land, like, basically in his stack. That's like a super needle, by the way, when the guy's bluffing. When the guy's bluffing. But it's, it's Antonio's way of saying, like, if I'm wrong on TV, I don't look as dumb. Yeah. Like, you got me, but I'm forced to call anyway. And then he gets to win, and then he still doesn't look dumb because he's Antonio. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's a nice 50K for Antonio. Oh, that feels so good in when you're right. In a 16K pot. These spots, you know, it's like people like Phil Helmuth likes to, to push the myth of white magic, mm-hmm. you know, and this notion that you can look at someone and know. And obviously against certain people who are tell boxes, you can actually know things. Like right. they give it away. But against a lot of people, you are down to what we're doing here, which is a lot of guesswork and a lot of, I sure hope I'm right about this and I'm making some assumptions and I'm going to throw the chips in and find out. And you're wrong a lot, you know, and you're right a lot. And you hope you're right a lot more than you're wrong, at least in terms of the price you're getting. Yeah. And if you, I guess if you are, then you're a professional player. And if you're not, you're an amateur. And Antonio is Gus Hansen. Antonio is a professional. <laughs> yeah. And he wins. Yeah. He gets to win a nice, way bigger pot than he should have. Yeah. He should have raised and everyone should have folded pre. And instead he gets to win 50, almost $58,000. Yeah. That's amazing. Nice, nice deal. Yeah. All right. We're done. I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home. And you're going to meet the doctor.